The chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation. And we can't wait for you to hear this episode of The Chat Podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The Chat Podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat for the Savior is Welcome, near. everyone, to the chat. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The chat is also available through iTunes and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Joyce Sword. Joyce is a mother, grandmother, and an attorney here in Columbus, Indiana. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome to the chat, Joyce. Good morning. Thank you, Nida, for having me here. So good to have you here with me today. I'm looking forward to our chat together. Joyce, will you tell us about your family? Um, I have two daughters and two grandchildren. One daughter here in Columbus, one in Noblesville, one grandchild here in Columbus, one in Noblesville. I am one of six children, Mm. and so I was number two. Mm. I have four brothers and one sister, and um, I come from a a large family. My maiden name was Thayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R, from the Hope area, and I had, uh, there were 25 of uh, first cousins. And so I come from a large Bartholomew County family. 25? Yes. That is large. Will you tell us what kind of work you have done in your life? Well, I was trained to be a uh, math teacher. And that was that when I graduated from college, they said you could be a math teacher. They could not have been more wrong. (laughs) I uh, was employed one year as a math teacher. I don't think anybody learned any math. (laughs) And so before that year was over, I uh, was accepted into law school. And then I went to law school, and then I was an attorney for 43, 44 years. Did you specialize in anything in area in particular? When when you graduate from law school, you're, you know a little bit about a lot of things. Mm. And as my practice began to develop, I learned there were some places I was good, but I didn't like doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were other places that it was more natural. Our family was in real estate. My father was a real estate agent, and so real estate law learning it to do contracts, dealing with landlord-tenant issues. Hmm. That became uh, just a natural. And then because I come from a large family, I was always getting family questions. And so I learned to do elder law and powers Hmm. of attorney and estate. I did divorce law for 20 years and just felt 
at one point uh, that was not a good fit for me anymore and so I stopped doing that so you know quite a bit about a lot of different things I and as I as I age it's like can I keep up to date on them and I'm trying <laughs> to but yes uh, there's been a lot of different Uh, avenues that I've gone down. Yes. When did you come to know Jesus? Will you tell us about your testimony? Well, I went to church until I was 14, and then our family broke from any organized church. And so I grew up in the formative years with the golden rule and with if you treat people nice and you Mm. work hard, then everything will be fine. But with no Bible, with no Um, understanding about God's love. Now, my parents may have thought by osmosis from when I was in church, maybe, but it was mostly just the Old Testament. So I went through a a very uh, dark time from going to college was a shock to my system. I think it was to everybody's system. And I went through a very dark time until I was 33. And then from 18 until 33, you do all the major things. You go to college, you get married, you have children, you buy a house. And all of those major things were done before I was um, had given my life to the Lord. And so I did I had some a lot of dark places. And um, I'm thankful that I'm not there anymore. I'm curious, what age would that have been? I was 33 when um, I finally, I hit, you know, they talk about alcoholics hitting bottom. I was never an alcoholic. But I felt like, as an individual, I had hit bottom. I felt so in like a big, dark pit, and there was no light in that pit, and someone invited me to Mm. come to a local church. Mm. And my marriage was falling apart, and I had nothing else to do on that Sunday, and I said, I'll come. My kids were young, and so when we got there, it was a small country church, and we sat in the balcony, and the light coming in was just so warm and friendly and I Mm. hadn't had anything warm and friendly in a long time. I didn't want to leave. But once I did leave, I recognized I'm missing something and I Mm. want it. And uh, it it doesn't come from a building. It started there, but Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. I wanted it not just on Sunday. I wanted it everywhere. So I started asking and looking, um, kind of running from pillar to post to try and find it. Mm. And eventually... um, and I remember it was a Father's Day sermon uh, in 1985 mm. is when mm. uh, I finally got it, that God truly loved me no matter what I'd done mm. in my past. Mm-hmm. Now, that was hard for me to comprehend because I knew what I'd done in my past, mm-hmm. wasn't proud of it, and didn't need to condemn myself any longer. But it wasn't until then that I recognized God didn't condemn me, so let go of it and let's move forward. Sounds like with a lot of us, we come in empty, and once Christ comes in, we leave full. Absolutely. He satisfies us. Did you find that to be the case? I found um, I was afraid at first to let him be in control of my life because mm-hmm. I had been in control, not done a good job, but I've been in control for a long time, and I felt mm-hmm. like that was where my safety was. Uh, no one could see the cracks in me if I controlled the environment. And I was already a practicing attorney. I was already a mom. And I thought, you know, if I put up this facade, I can handle it. But the facade mm-hmm. began to crack. And so mm-hmm. it was hard to trust him. But when you get to the bottom and there's nothing left, I'd rather trust him than something that, that was out there in the world. So I was definitely empty. And um, when he began to fill me up, it was not, I, he didn't do it in such a way that I felt like I was having to gulp 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was all, it was quiet love. It was quiet things. And so it it allowed me to grow at a pace that did not overwhelm me. Was it gentle as well? Yes. Yes. That's That's probably the one thing when I was growing up in church, when I was there, you heard about you heard about David and Goliath, and you heard about Samson, but you also heard about all of the hellfire and brimstone. So the God that I still knew about when I was 33 was a God that punished sinners. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty mm-hmm. sure I was the worst of all sinners. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, he's going to strike me dead. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me that God could be gentle, that mm-hmm. God was mm-hmm. loving. And so I developed a, an understanding of what a perfect father mm-hmm. can be and so my mm-hmm. heavenly father is a perfect father and he loves me no matter what he wants he's disappointed in me at times but he wants only good for me i think many times we think that god is a harsh god mm-hmm. but then once we come to know him we see how gentle mm-hmm. and how loving he is but we have to accept him first you have to you have to remember that what your perspective of him, of him is the biggest barrier you have to loving him. I agree. Um, and so you need to know what his nature is. And um, that we were doing a study recently, and, and he is trustworthy. He is a friend. He is caring. He is kind. And they gave me all of these words, and those were, those were exactly what I remember finding uh, back in 1985. And it... He was not uh, not condemning, not mm-hmm. condemning at all. Mm-hmm. I was the one condemning myself. I had to mm-hmm. learn to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as that is very difficult. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to, in stages, like peeling an onion. Exactly, exactly. Well, Joyce, do you have a passion in your life? Are you passionate about anything that God has laid on your heart? If so, where does that passion lie? The passion that I feel is to grow God's kingdom, and it's it within mm. my family, because my family wasn't, uh, my personal family wasn't the only one that left churches. A lot of people in my extended family, cousins, second cousins, they were, they grew up in the 70s and 80s and 90s when the church attendance was on decline and personal relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. was probably not stressed. And so I have a passion um, to let them know who I am now, mm. and that all I want for them is to have a personal relationship with the Lord. It's not just with my family. I'll have uh, I'll have lady friends who know that I have children. They'll say, well, what are your children doing now? Or how are your children? And I'll say, well, they love the Lord and they mm-hmm. love me. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what did they do for a living? And I said, well, at one point, there's one daughter. I said, I don't know what she does for a living. And I said, I don't <laughs> care because she loves the Lord Aww. and she loves me. What could be more important? So that's. That's my passion is to to help people understand it doesn't matter what job you have, what house you have, what money you have, mm. what reputation you have, unless it's a bad reputation, then you want a good one. But if you love the Lord and that's who you're walking with and that's where your focus is, there's nothing else that's important. Everything else is secondary. Yes. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a matter of setting your priorities. And he's my priority. What greater priority could we have? It sounds like with your family that they know the Joyce, the pre-Christian Joyce. Some of them. Yes. And now, for those who haven't known that, now are getting to know you as Joyce 
the follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. My nieces and nephews who are um, they're younger. They had no idea that I failed as a school teacher. And so they had no idea that there was ever a time when there wasn't an Aunt Joyce who was an attorney. And I recently had a nephew who was going, he graduated from college, he couldn't find the job he wanted. And so in his mind, he was a failure. And I said, do you want to hear about when I failed? Well, you never failed, Aunt Joyce. Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) And so when I told him about teaching and how awful I was, he says, you're kidding me. I said, no. I said, you have to recognize that you grow when you're when you're in a valley and, and you're you feel like you're lost. That's when you do a lot of growing. Uh, and then that's when you if you're suffering a little bit, you turn your life over to the Lord. And he he was always a Christian. And he says, I just didn't think you would ever fail. So sometimes you have to share your failures with them for them to recognize that's just part of God's plan. Yes, yes. What's an area or two in your life where God is working on you? To make you more like Jesus. Um, I, I <laughs> like my time the way I like my time. <laughs> I'm retired now. And so there's a, um, there seems to be opportunities for me to do things. And I find myself saying no. And it's just because I <laughs> don't want to do it. So he's working on me saying yes to the things he wants me to say yes to and to use my time in a way that's honoring to him. Mm, and mm. and he's not taking away any joy. It's I'm I still have time to do everything that mm. I want plus some. So I, I've I'm letting him rule my watch and my calendar. More of actually less of I and self mm-hmm. that should go to others and what will benefit Christ and his kingdom rather than just Joyce. And one of the things that when I was kind of whining to him about, but I want to read this, it came clear to me, I want you to read that too. <laughs> but read it because I want you to read it and study it because I want you to study it. Don't think that you have to make all the decisions. Oh, okay. So some of the things that I really want to do, he wants me to do. So mm-hmm. I just want to be in concurrence with him. I want to be uh, in an alliance with him mm-hmm. to where He's the lead, and I'm the ta- I'm the partner. I'm the tag along. Mm, I kind of see that as being joined at the hip. Yes, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Like the chat theme song says, stepping out. When in your life have you had to, like Peter, step out of the boat and trust God in situations? Maybe He wanted to stretch you uh, to do something for Him. When is at least one of those times when it was time for you in faith to mm-hmm. step out of the boat? Um, I can think of one that was going to definitely impact um, the finances of our family. I was married and uh, we were living here in town. I was practicing law and it was every time I took a new divorce or family law case, I just felt drained. And so I got the mm. sense mm. God wants me to stop doing this. Well, that was over half of my income. Mm. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, God, do you know what you're asking me to do? And so Dwayne and I, my husband and I, we we talked about it and prayed about it. And I made a decision that at the end of this one year, I'm done. And uh, we stepped out in faith. Mm -hmm. And that next year, I generated more income, had more fun. Mm. And within two weeks, my daughters who were in middle school, they said, you're a lot nicer, Mom. <laughs> so I, I received the blessing 
so quickly after mm. stepping out of, of the boat. And I, I, uh, I remember that now. When, whenever he asked me to do something that doesn't look like it's going to be pleasing to me, he's got better eyes than mm. I have. Uh, mm. And he can see so much farther. So I'm going to trust him. Do your kids ever talk about that, that time? They talk about when I was doing divorce work and they would come home and their friends, whose parents might be going through divorce, they would ask me, are you their attorney? And of course, I couldn't tell them, mm -hmm. but I could tell that it was weighing on their minds. They were hearing it in their circles about attorneys mm. and how mean attorneys mm. are. And so I think God was, was protecting our family, and I was thankful for that. So that one of the daughters still... Ask, she'll mention that every once in a while. She says, I remember when you got nicer. <laughs> well, Joyce, I'm enjoying our chat today. Uh, right now, we have to take a break, though, and we'll be right back with the chat. On the other side, we'll talk about your prayer life. I'm interested in hearing what your prayer life is like. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome back to the chat. I'm chatting today with Joyce Sword. Joyce is an attorney here in Columbus, and we're just having a great old chat together, aren't we, Joyce? Yes, we are. Thank you, Nida. I'd like to get into your prayer life now, mm -hmm. Joyce. Do you have a designated place that you go to every day to pray? My house, and I live alone now since my husband's passed away, but even before that, there was a place that was what I called my devotion desk. I would do my Bible study there, and I would go there before I went to the office, and i go through two or three different devotions, and sometimes there's prayer, sometimes it's just reading and meditating, but outside of that spot, I do a lot of praying in my car mm -hmm. as I'm driving, mm -hmm. because again, I, I'm driving alone, and so I can thank God and praise God for mm -hmm. everything that I see, and um, before uh, I would go, if I'm driving to someone's house, I'll pray about mm -hmm. what I'm going to do there mm -hmm. and, and what's going to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. So the car is a good place to pray. And then my mm -hmm. desk at home where I have my devotions. I'm going to ask you to take any given day from before you get out of bed until you go to bed at night again. Mm -hmm. And will you tell us what your prayer life all during the day looks like. So do you pray before you get out of the bed? Usually not. I'm, uh, I get up and I look, because I live in the country, I open my windows, the curtains, then I see mm -hmm. the clouds mm -hmm. or I see when we had that fog when all the snow was on, I, that's when I start praising the Lord. Mm. When I, it's my, the visual goes in with the, the prayer life. Um, then as I'm um, getting ready to get my coffee, I go sit down at the, the desk, and I have three or four devotions there. One of them is Jesus Calling, and that one seems to always hit. I have one that is called The Secret Place. I think it's a Baptist devotion, uh -huh. like the Daily Bread or yes. the Upper Room, and I like that. I have um, a calendar in in. My family, uh, some close family and some distant family, there is some uh, alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I've got a prayer um, devotional that is uh, for emotional healing. Mm. And it's, mm. it's an exceptional one. It's by Stormy O'Martin. And yes. those prayers, that gets me started. I read the prayer and then I tag on with that. 
Um, I also have, um, it's an old devotional book. It's by Eugenia Price. Eugenia was um, an alcoholic and an atheist until she was about 30. Mm -hmm. And she died, I think, in the 60s or 70s. She wrote a lot of, she had a radio program called Unshackled Mm. in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. wrote fiction books, but then she wrote devotionals. And this devotional is called Share My Pleasant Stones. And it was one of the first I had when I became a Christian back when I was 33. But I kind of put it away. But now, for some reason, in 2021, I pulled it out and I've started again. And it just seems to speak to me a little Mm. bit deeper, clearer now. So I Mm. use that one. So in your prayer life then, throughout the day, you're mixing in, of course, your devotions. And we're going I want to talk a little bit Mm -hmm. more about your devotions momentarily. But in praying, do you have any prayers that you specifically pray for yourself every day? The first one every day, it's one that I learned at the Emmaus community. Mm -hmm. It's called the prayer to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's a prayer that says, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, kindle in us the fire of your love. Mm -hmm. That's how it starts. Mm -hmm. Then it goes in, send forth your spirit. And they shall be created. That would be me and anyone that's faithful. They Mm -hmm. shall be created. And you, God, shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit, we, me, Mm -hmm. may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolations through Christ our Lord. So when I get ready for the day, I want the Holy Spirit to be with me. I want mm-hmm. I, I want to clear mm-hmm. everything else out. Mm-hmm. I there's so much mm-hmm. stuff that can push in, and then your mind runs. I want to push it all out. So before mm-hmm. I I do I lead some Bible studies. Before we do those studies, one of them we all of us pray that together mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. us focused. We're not here mm-hmm. for social time as much as we are to let the Holy Spirit lead us forward to become stronger in in mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do. Um, I went to uh, um, a funeral visitation yesterday. And it was a lady who'd lost her husband. She's lost her brother and her sister and her husband within like eight months. Mm. So she is reeling. Mm. She's a strong Christian. But I, what do I say to her? So mm. I prayed this prayer oh, so oh, that yes. I would, I, everything else out. And so you could go in and you could be what she needed, what God wanted me mm. to be for her. Mm. Um, I used to say that prayer. Uh, I took care of my father toward the end of his life, had dementia. And I never knew what dad was going to be there when I, I got yes. there. Uh-huh. And so I would pray that prayer. And then uh, I would put on the armor of God. I would pray mm-hmm. Ephesians. And I would literally visualize myself putting on the armor of God because mm-hmm. I needed to be strong, stronger than I I wanted to be because mm-hmm. he was my dad. But I needed to, to be there as a caregiver and as a daughter, but mm-hmm. to honor him. So mm-hmm. those... Mm-hmm. Again, in the car, you're praying. And as I got mm-hmm. out of his car, out of my car, I was putting on the armor mm-hmm. of God. So it sounds like you're talking to the Lord all during the day. I'm curious, uh, before you go to sleep at night, sometime in the evening, are there any prayers that you pray? Uh, I look at, if, if the weather's good, I will look out at the stars and I will just say, thank you, Lord, for giving me such a good day. Help me to sleep well tonight. There are times... Uh, if I get a phone call, because I, I go to bed fairly early, I'm not a late bird, but I might get a phone call and that will, when the phone call's over, that will be mm. what I will end my day with praying for whoever I talk mm. with on the phone, that situation. Or if it's, if it's not, just bless those people. Mm. Do you ever pray with people on the phone? Sometimes. Okay. I find that um, 
because when I pray, sometimes I get teary-eyed and, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm finding that I can text them, like the lady who's her um, husband's funeral. Mm -hmm. I can't attend the funeral service, Mm -hmm. so I send her a text uh, of a verse that is, I think, is appropriate and to let her know that she's not alone. Mm. So I, it's less my audio voice, but they can see the text. Sometimes it's emails, but I never know when they're going to read an email with a text. It's usually pretty mm-hmm. instant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If God could only answer two prayers for you, Joyce, what would those two prayers be? The one, the first one, the one that I, I it's near and dear to me, I want my family members to have their own personal relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to know the peace that Mm. they can have. Mm -hmm. I want them to know the joy that they can have because everyone struggles if they don't have a relationship with their creator. Uh, The other prayer would be that those of us who are believers would see non-believers, not as enemies, Mm. but as those that God loves and Mm. wants us to love. Mm. I find the division between people no matter it doesn't matter who but there's so many lines that you can divide on and the the people who are believers if they're truly believers then they need to look at every other person with the eyes of god Mm. and it doesn't mean that we give them a pass for the bad things that they do Mm -hmm. but just as god doesn't condemn them we're not to condemn them and we're supposed to love them they are going to be held responsible for what they do Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that we stop loving them or turn our backs on them. So I'm I'm that would be what I would want my nieces and nephews and anyone who become believers. Don't think you're in an exclusive club. Mm-hmm. Don't think mm-hmm. that you are better than anyone else, but recognize that you now because you've been forgiven much, mm-hmm. you need to love other people and recognize God's going to God's their savior, you're not, but you can be their friend. So I guess maybe Let's be friends, mm-hmm. as God would want us to be friends. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's powerful, Joyce. It's hard. That's powerful. But I have to do it, too. Yes, yes. Every one of us, me, you, Jim here, mm-hmm. everyone listening. We were just talking about devotions that you have used through the years, and, and they were very meaningful and have been very meaningful to you. But does is there one that really stands out to you above the others. The one that is my personal favorite, the one that is just for Joyce, mm-hmm. is the Stormio Martin mm. uh, Prayers for Emotional Healing. Mm-hmm. That is one mm-hmm. that I will do. I I buy it at, at wherever I can, and I give it away for those people. If you're going through a divorce, if you're going, mm-hmm. if you've lost your parents, if you've lost a child, you're struggling, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. don't know what to pray. And I know that you can just groan and the Holy Spirit will turn that into a prayer. But wouldn't it be great if there were words that could comfort you? So that's one mm. that for me, I will mm-hmm. will always keep around. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Have you ever read Jesus Calling? Yes, I use that. Okay. Jesus Calling by Sarah. Is it young? Sarah yes, Young? Yes. And I, I love the introduction. I mean, you can read Jesus Calling, but if you don't know where it came from, it won't be as powerful. Yes. And so I've, I do Jesus Calling of a morning and... This morning, it, it seemed to fit, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. I, I'm always amazed. How could it fit? Because it was written, <laughs> you know, not for me. Yeah. But uh, that, is, that is an important one, and I will, that's one that I will give as a gift to people. If there's a married couple, 
I know Dwayne and I, we were married for 25 years. It was a second marriage for me. Uh, we were married for 25 years before we passed away. But just like any other married couple, we had our, our issues. And so there came a point when we had teenagers, we, we did counseling. And uh, we started, um, and Dwayne was the one that started it. And I'll, I'll tell the story on myself. He bought me uh, The Power of the Praying Wife mm-hmm. by Stormy mm-hmm. Martin. And he gave it to me. He didn't tell me why. He just gave it to me. And I was immediately mad because <laughs> how dare you? How dare you think that, that I need this? And so we had moved to a, a new house. And, and so I immediately threw it in the, the wastebasket. <laughs> but in our house, I'm the only one who takes the trash out. So two or three days later, there it was. So I pulled it back out and I said, okay, God, I will read this. So the first chapter, if you get it, and it's a, it's a wonderful book, women, for you to pray for yourself to be the wife God wants you to be, not the wife your husband wants you to be or the wife you want to be. And the first chapter, I read it, and I threw the book away again because it says, <laughs> God changed me. <laughs> but I recognized after about 15 or 20 minutes, that's exactly who needs to change. So The Power of the Praying Wife, there's that book, and there's one called The Power of the Praying Husband. Mm-hmm. And so I give mm-hmm. those a lot of times as wedding gifts. I don't know that the people read them, but I know that if you get to a dark spot, it's something you could hang on to and maybe mm-hmm. you can see. And then I always put with them the the note about how I received it. I call it the poorly received gift, <laughs> but that it was very mm-hmm. wonderful. And it, it helped Dwayne's in my life because mm-hmm. you, you have a prayer there at the end of the chapter and I can, it's a, it's dear Dwayne, there's a blank mm-hmm. and you put your mm-hmm. husband's name in there. And I would read those to him some mornings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it it started our day mm-hmm. with him knowing I mm-hmm. am praying for him in a loving way, not in a way that's going to it's it's to glorify the Lord and to glorify him. And in that that in turn will benefit me. But those that helped soft moments to start our days. Mm, good way to start the day. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're married. At, yes. Because they're always in the way, just like I'm Mm -hmm. always in his way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, do you ever think that as you give those as gifts, do you ever think or wonder if they're going to put them in the trash like you did? (laughs) Well, that's why I put the the letter in there to explain that I did that. It's all right. Just pull them back out. And I've I've gotten a couple of letters from the women, the the men, because I'm usually, I know the wives more than I know the men. The, The wives will say, I didn't like chapter one either, but it really made a difference in the way I walked my walk with the Lord. I said, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have a life's verse? Well, I have a couple and, you know, they, they change as time passes. But one that has been there for a long time, um, when my life was dark and everything was rough, I was looking for um, I was looking for something smooth and I found um Isaiah forty two sixteen. I don't know how I happened on it, but mm-hmm. I found it, mm-hmm. and it's and it's where I God will lead the blind in a way that they do not know, and mm. I was definitely blind mm. in paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness that I lived in before them into light, the rough places into level ground, and that's what I needed. Mm. These are the mm. things I will do, and I do not forsake them. So that verse is one that I. When Dwayne was ill, mm. when mm. my mother was ill, when mm-hmm. my father was ill, when you have, uh, when I had a, a problem with a daughter, those were, mm. you're blind. You don't yes. know what to do and you better mm-hmm. 
get someplace safe. And so I wanted the, mm-hmm. the smooth places. I remember that's a verse a lot of times in a sympathy card. I will, mm. because when somebody's spouse passes away or a family member passes away, the grief is real and it's going to mm-hmm. stay real. Mm-hmm. But you need that safe place. You need to know that there's a light someplace and that God can give it to you. Yes, very important. Well, Joyce, we've got to take another break. I, I'm just really enjoying this. We'll, uh, on the other side of the break, uh, we will get into some biblical accounts. And there's just so much that I want to cover with you. And uh, anyway, we'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and we're talking about, or getting ready to talk about, biblical accounts. Joyce, what is one favorite biblical account that you especially like? And will you tell us how it applies to you? Okay. I call the biblical account the Saul-Paul conversion. It's where Mm. Mm. Saul on the road to Damascus, had his conversion, and that he met the Lord. The reason that one is important to me, Saul was very learned, very educated, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was very zealous to kill Christians. Mm -hmm. And yet, as awful as he was, as educated as he was, as awful as he was, God saw him and said he could take him and do something with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I was educated, and I was awful. (laughs) And so if he can do that, Saul killed people. I didn't kill people. Mm -hmm. So I got, I, my thought is, if God can do that, he can do the same Mm -hmm. with me. I just, just like Paul, you have to be willing to allow God to lead you. You cannot, Mm -hmm. there's not about I, and Mm -hmm. Paul, he gave his whole life to the Lord. And I have to recognize, if I want the same peace, the same joy, the Mm. same abilities as Paul, I have to submit every day Mm -hmm. to what God wants of me. As followers of Christ, Mm -hmm. we all have to Mm -hmm. submit to Christ daily. Mm -hmm. Will you tell us one of your favorite biblical women? Well, right now, right now, I'm studying, and it, it would not have been my favorite woman Six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But right now, my favorite woman is Naomi from the book of Ruth. And it's because a group of ladies and I were doing a study, and it's on the book of Ruth. And we're approaching it, because this is the way our the teacher is approaching it, as a female Job. Mm-hmm. And Naomi, she had a husband. She had two sons. They all died. She's upset. And I think you know, women can understand when something's taken away, we are going to mourn. And yet mm-hmm. throughout all of that, God was, Naomi may not have thought that God was faithful, but he was. And so we're coming, we're finishing up the study, and you can see God's fingerprint, God's mm-hmm. providence all through that. Uh, and it, so right now, I'm enjoying learning about the book of Ruth, not from a romance point of view. That's mm-hmm. what... I remember when I was 14, Mm -hmm. but this is from a God's providence, and God's the hero of the story. I -hmm. I never saw, I always thought Ruth or Boaz was the hero. No, Mm -hmm. God's the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. So that's right now, Naomi in the book of Ruth is my favorite. 
It'll be somebody else in a month or two. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is with us yeah. women, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Have you had a mentor in your life? In, I can think, when I think of mentor, I think of someone that shines a light, no matter what the light is. I think of someone that walks with me. Uh, I think of someone who even um, calls me up short. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my life, even when I wasn't a Christian, there were women in our community that I know prayed for me mm. when I wasn't going to church. And I know mm. when I went off to college, they would send cards to remind them, remind me where I came from and what uh, I um, had a possibility of becoming. Mm. So those women, um, they were the ones that were my mother's friends or my mm-hmm. father's friends. And so mm-hmm. they I don't know whether they considered themselves a mentor, but they were important to me. Mm-hmm. Then when uh, I became a Christian, it was people that would just encourage me. That The mm-hmm. lady who invited mm-hmm. me to come to church, mm-hmm. I don't even remember her first name. Mm-hmm. But to me, mm-hmm. she opened the door for me. Mm-hmm. There was a lady uh, when I finally found a church here in Columbus. She and I had been in 4-H together 20 years before. She came up to me. And she says, there's a Bible study. You should, you should take it. And we hadn't talked forever. <laughs> and it was the Bible study called Breaking Free. And she was exactly right. That's the mm-hmm. one I needed. Uh, there was a lady that was helping babysit my girls when I was divorced. And I hadn't, Dwayne and I hadn't met. And she saw me making some choices. And she said, you mm-hmm. need to understand, mm-hmm. I will not assist you in your babysitting if you continue in those choices. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Wow. Nobody has cared about me enough. Mm. And I, I was so appreciative of her. She is, we're in Sunday school class together. Mm. And uh, she is, she's always been kind and caring, but also straight up with me. And so I like that. Mm. Um, there's my, the lady who leads my Sunday school class now. She is, a, she's a friend of mine. And every once in a while, I get a little excited in class. And so afterwards, <laughs> you'll say, Joyce, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> So I like the people that that will reel me in when I'm running mm-hmm. ahead of the Lord mm-hmm. or when I'm running in the wrong direction. And mm-hmm. and so sometimes there there have been ministers, men ministers mm-hmm. that have been mentors to me. There are Bible study. I think of Beth Moore, who I've done a lot mm-hmm. of her studies. I don't know her personally, mm-hmm. but to me, her teaching has been a mentor to me. Yes. So, you know, that's that's how I look. Stormy O'Martin, her prayers have helped me have led me so do i consider her a mentor not one that i know personally but i Mm -hmm. sure appreciate Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sounds like god has placed many within with you throughout these years yes and that's god is faithful to do that Mm -hmm. uh we just have to keep our eyes and ears open Mm -hmm. uh not to what the world says but to what god says as a follower of christ we all go through struggles in our lives what is one particular struggle that you have had to deal with in your faith walk? I remember when it seemed like the world was caving in. Um, my brother was killed in uh, 2006. My mother suffered some kind of stroke at mm. the end of 2006 and never walked again. And so we had to take care of her. My husband's health went downhill. Mm. So from 2006 Mm -hmm. through 2012, I lost three very important people, my Mm. brother, my mother, my husband, and my father Mm -hmm. began dementia. Mm. 
And if you look at my, and, and also during that, my oldest daughter went through a very acrimonious marriage and divorce. It was, it was awful. And I almost lost her physically. Mm. So if you look at my journals, there'll be, I'll start out and I was writing my journals. Dear God, you know, please protect this person. Please, please. And then you go through two or three lines and then I would write, what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> I am praying to you and I don't see any answers. And then mm-hmm. forgive me, Lord, for what? <laughs> so you, know, yeah. it was, you were going yeah. back and forth. I was wrestling. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to mm-hmm. lose. I never thought about losing my faith, but I was wrestling with God. Your timing looks so mm-hmm. awful to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any hope in this. And then I remember when my brother was uh, was killed. He was killed in an accident. He was at the bank one minute, and the next minute he was dead. He mm. it, it was just bad. And I was praying, and you look at my journal, I was praying, now, God, for Mary and Mar- Martha, you brought Lazarus back. Mm. And so I know you can bring my brother back, so I'd like for you to do that. And I, mm-hmm. I'm praying in all faith that you will. And it was just as clear as can be, not a voice, but in my heart, it was like, okay, I brought Lazarus back. Do you know he died then later? And do you know mm-hmm. that he uh, had to see Jesus crucified? And do you know that he had to be hunted because he was seen as a miracle? Do you want your brother back like that? And I'm like, nope. I, okay, you got my attention. And so, you know, I would, I would wrestle. And I, but I think the God that, that we worship is big enough mm-hmm. to hear that. And he knows. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I tell him? He already knows what I'm thinking anyway. Mm -hmm. If I'm not honest with God, the only person I'm dishonest with is myself. So Mm -hmm. I want to be honest with God, and he will take that. If I give him my suffering, if I give him my concerns, they're not, I'm not carrying him anymore. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I throw them at him. I don't give them to him. (laughs) Take this. But if I give them to him and don't take them back, then I'm unburdened. And so that it's a Mm -hmm. visual for me. Mm Did God bring a specific song to you during that struggle? Or is there a song that really ministers to you today? In in that time frame, I was a caregiver for mm-hmm. a lot of people, for mom, my dad, my husband, uh, and also my my clients. I, I was I was helping a lot with their end of life decisions. And I needed just like I have the prayer to the Holy Spirit, I needed to make sure I was empty of myself. And so the the song Sanctuary, mm-hmm. Lord, make me a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. That is one that I, I, I would sing to myself. I would listen to the words I would say to myself. It almost became a prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The song you've chosen, Sanctuary. Yes. It does say, Lord, prepare me. To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Sounds like a song that would minister to a lot of people right now. Your your heart and your mind and your body have to be empty of your anger, have to be empty of your hurting. It's a sanctuary, and mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit and God wants to live. I have to get the ugly out. Mm-hmm. I have to get the me out. And allow the Holy Spirit to make it pure mm-hmm. so that something good can come from me. You have to confess that and yes. get that out so yes. that you can focus and allow him to fill that sanctuary. Well, let's listen to the song you've chosen, Sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true. 
If you need that much, however much time you need, is there anything that God has laid on your heart 
that he wants you to say to those of us who are listening by way of WYGS or listening to the podcast today that will minister to others. If the listeners will fully believe and understand that they are loved by God with an unconditional love, it's not a love that's going to hurt and it's always for your benefit. If you could find yourself in a position that you saw God in that nature, not as a God of punishment, not as a God of condemnation, but if you would find his true nature, and you can find it by, you can do studies, you can read in the Bible, you can listen to Christian music, but if you could come up with a true list of characters, the correct list of characters for God, and remind yourself of those every day, when the world would tell you that you're worthless, then this list would let you know, I am loved. When the world would say, God doesn't care about you, you would know, he does care about me. The world doesn't care about me. So I'm I'm asking the ladies or anyone who's listening to this, Nida and I are having a chat. I recommend that you begin talking to your creator. There's nothing more important than getting to know who your creator is, whether you call it God, whether you call it Holy Spirit. That entity that created you knows you better and has your best interests at heart. So get to know them. I told that to a young man. He was from another country. And uh, I said, uh, and he was not of a Christian faith. And I said, get to know your, what, what advice do you have for young people? Get to know your creator. And he said, well, I believe that's my mother and my father. I said, then get to know them a lot better. If, that, <laughs> if that's who your creator is, but whoever created you, and maybe you'll get to the point that you'll recognize you may have come from your mother and your father, but they didn't create themselves. So, so get to whoever your creator is and recognize there's where the real power is and find your your sweet spot. Find your safety there. Find your sanctuary there. Joyce, will you lead us in prayer? I will. Gracious God, you have brought us together for this program And I pray that this program will be honoring to you. I'm praying that those who listen, those who put it together, will know you better and that their lives will glorify you and that we will be, all of us, satisfied to rest in your peace and in your presence. Lord God, protect us as we leave this radio station. Protect all of the listeners as they go on about their day and help them to be closer to you help them to become a sanctuary for you and for your spirit and that you will shine through them these things i ask in your precious son's holy name amen thank you for coming to chat with me today joyce it's been so good to hear what your relationship with jesus looks like you've been a true blessing to me and i'm sure to each of those who have listened by way of WYGS or those who are are, or will listen by podcasts. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to this episode of The Chat Today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. 
boat for the Savior.